might need a minute. I, I, I told myself when I was coming in, I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And I pulled in, and there was a sign, and I cried. I cannot thank you for just what this last week has been. I, Every day someone has brought me treats, we've gone to lunch, and there's a, I have a calendar of scripture verses that over and over your hospitality and your welcome and your gifts. It, you know what, I have been a fan of Kairos for a really, really long time. I've been following you, I have been marveling at you for a really long time. Uh, I went to seminary with Beth and Thomas Daniel, I took classes from Steve Hayner, I've known Drew for a really long time. I have been just marveling at what the Holy Spirit has been doing in this place for so long, and now, and now today, to get to stand with you. I, I am overwhelmed, and I am grateful, and I am humbled. I, I keep telling people, I, there's just not any superlatives that are, are big enough to describe this, this day and this space. So I, I'm excited to be here. I hope that you have my cell phone number. Um, call me, text me, email me. I really want to go to lunch. Lunch is my favorite thing to do, but I mean, if you want to like walk or coffee, we can, but lunch is good. <laughs> Food is good. Um, let's spend some time together and let's get to know each other. I, I'm just so excited to know you and, and to, to start this new chapter together. We're going to spend the next several weeks looking in Scripture at, at what it means, what the, the people in Scripture did as, as God took them into new chapters. Since we're doing that, we're going to look at Scripture and see how that happened in the Bible. This morning, we're going to look at the Old Testament. We're going to look at the book of Joshua. But before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we are thankful for this sacred and holy space. God, we know that you're here, and we give you thanks for that. So God, we pray now that as we turn to your word, that the word that is read is your word, and the word that is spoken is your word. The word that is heard is your word. And may this encounter with you be so powerful that we cannot walk away unchanged. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We're going to look at the end of chapter 4 of the book of Joshua. I'll start at verse 19, and we will read through whatever the last verse is, 24. Listen now for the word of the Lord. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the, on the east border of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, When your children ask their parents in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past summer, an old friend called me. Now, Scott and I have known Clark and Christy Cool since they were Clark Cool and Christy Thomas. 
Now, I want you to know, as you see this picture, Christy has unearthed this picture where we're both pregnant, and Christy did such a good job carrying her baby right where babies are supposed to be carried, but apparently I carried mine in my nose and, and my face, <laughs> and so we're going to go with the picture that's here and not the one where we're pregnant. Clark called me and he told me all about how much he loved his church and, and the church is looking for a new lead pastor and did I know anyone who was interested? And I said, I really don't. And he said, well, just think about it and call me back. And, and then Pam called and, and then they used my favorite word, lunch. <laughs> so Clark and I went to lunch and that led to lunch with David and Walter and Mary Flynn, which turned into coffee with David and Jane and Ryan and Cease. And it was so much fun. Like, I was falling in love with these people. And, and they were talking about all this cool stuff happening at their church. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Y'all are so cool. And so at the end of all of it, of all of these lunches, Cease is like, okay, you ready to be serious about this? And I said, well, I will pray, and I'm going to talk to my husband. You tell me when it's time to be serious. And she looked at me. I said, it's time to be serious, isn't it? And so we talked. We talked some more about how did we get here? What is this conversation? What does this mean? What is God doing here? And then I was so grateful for everything she had to say, and she, then she said, but Lindsay... What's, what's holding you back from this conversation? And I said, well, Cease, I've been at my church now for 18 years. My roots are deep there. I know these people. I know how things work. I know where the bathroom is. Like, I, I know all the things there. And I decided, right, wrong, or otherwise, I was just going to lay it out. I said, Cease, I'm scared. And I can still tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing, and what I was wearing when Cease Webster said back to me, Lindsay, that is exactly what makes you the kind of candidate we want to have as our lead pastor at Kairos Church. In that moment of my own fear and uncertainty, Cease invited me to lean in to find a place where, where my foot could step on solid ground to trust in the God who has been walking with us through the whole conversation. It's scary when you don't know where you're going. It's scary to not know what's ahead. That which is unknown, it's intimidating and it's overwhelming and it can be exciting, but it's unsteady in those places. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced then that our Israelite friends that we read about this morning, that that's what's going on in this passage. Because what is ahead of them is unknown. The Israelites have been journeying for years. They've been journeying for 40 years. They've been journeying for so long, as a matter of fact, that the OGs who started the journey are no longer with us. Even their leader, Moses, has died. He's not there anymore. God's put Joshua in to lead. It's the, the children and the grandchildren who are now on this journey. Y'all, what this means is that these people who are traveling have known nothing but travel. They don't know how to build a house and, and stay in one place. They don't know how to plant their crops and live on the land. They don't know what it looks like to stay in one place. They don't know what this new land is that they're crossing into. And they certainly 
don't know how in the world they're going to cross a river to get into it. So, of course, they are finding themselves in unknown territory. They're scared, they're intimidated, they're overwhelmed. They're in a place that feels unsteady. Of course they are. Of course they are. Because who knows what's ahead? Except God does. God knows what's ahead, and God's the one who's calling them to move forward to where God needs them to go. And God's been really clear about what's going on here. Way back in chapter 1 of Joshua, as God is putting Joshua in as the new leader, God tells Joshua four times in 11 verses. It's this short little passage, and God tells Joshua four times to be strong and courageous. God says, I know that you're scared. But be strong and courageous. And what's more is, I'll tell you why you need to be strong and courageous. I'll tell you why you can be strong and courageous. And because you are not ever going to be alone. In Joshua 1.9, God tells Joshua, I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Because God is with them, the Israelites can lean in, that they can trust God to continue to be with them, that they can find a solid place for them to put their foot, they can find a steady ground to move forward. And so they go. It's time to cross the Jordan River into this new chapter that God has laid out for them, and, and the scripture tells us that God commanded them, this is how you're going to do it, this is how you're going to cross the river that the priests are going to take the Ark of the Covenant, these rectangular boxes that have the two tablets with God's covenant in them, and that the priests are going to step into the river, and they're going to stand there while you cross. And the reason that that's going to happen is so that you will know the whole time you're crossing that God is with you. Anytime you question, you can look and you'll see the box. You'll remember God is with us as we cross into this new chapter. And what's so cool is that they do this. So they go to the river, and they are crossing into the river, and the scripture tells us that the priests pick up the ark, and it says that as they dip their foot, they touch their toe into the river. The scripture tells us that the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap. The river parts, and the water is in a heap. Now let me tell you why this is important. Let me tell you why I think that this is like the crux of the whole thing. The Hebrew word for heap is made, and they don't use it very much in the Hebrew scriptures. It's only there a handful of times, and the last time that we saw this word was back in Exodus, when God has freed the Israelite people from Egypt. And remember, the way that that happened to get out of Egypt was that God parted the Red Sea. Matter of fact, the scripture verse, so the last time we see this word made is in, is in Exodus, and it says this, at the blast of your nostrils, which is the coolest little image ever, at the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the floods stood up in a heap, and the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. And I am convinced 
I am convinced that when those Israelites are standing at the Jordan River and the waters pile up in a heap, I am positive that they look and they say, the water's in a heap. I know what that means. We've heard this. Our parents told us this story. Our grandparents told us this story. And they remembered in that moment, they remembered how God helped their parents escape from an impossible situation. And they remembered the stories about how God provided, and there was always enough manna for everyone to eat their fill. And they remembered that even when they grumbled, and even when they were disobedient, even then God didn't abandon them in the wilderness. That God continued to speak to them and travel with them. They remembered that God had revealed God's very own self to Moses, that God had heard Moses when Moses had pled with him. And they remembered when they saw those heaps that God had been with them every step of the way. And so today, today as we consider a new chapter, Kairos family, as we stand this morning in a riverbed, we too remember and give thanks for the ways that God has been at work in this place for a long time. We remember in 2008 when 10 people gathered in Thomas and Beth Daniel's living room to discuss what the Holy Spirit was doing and how they would answer that call. We remember when out of the blue, the pastor at First Pres Atlanta, George Worth, randomly called Thomas to say, we have space if you want to meet here. We remember on Georgia Avenue the year that you baptized 30-something babies in one year. We remember when you sang Christmas carols to Steve Hayner as he waited for life eternal to take him home. We remember when Drew led you through difficult transitions of chartering and moving physical physical locations to Riverside. We remember when you hopped on massive Zoom prayer calls to hold your faith community together because you knew that you had someone you loved sitting in a doctor's office waiting on a diagnosis. We remember when you were sick and you didn't want to ask for help, but your Kairos family showed up to sit with you and to bring food to feed your family. We remember when you gathered around tables to make sandwiches to feed people in the community. We remember that on Thursday mornings, the men have to figure out where to do their Bible study because there's a group of students that need to have Bible study in the big space. We remember that members of your faith family stand during community prayer and beg you to share in their burden, and you, in turn, claim hope for them. We remember that God has been with us every step of the way. That every time that you show up for your, the people that you love, for your own faith, for this world that God loves, that every time that happens, that we are being reminded that God is here. That God is doing work here, and we all get to be a part of it. And so today, we're going to put today in our brains. We're going to remember today that God has brought us here to this time and this place where we are being called to journey together. And because God has been so faithful, then we can stand strong on solid ground and know that God is going to continue to be with us every step of the way. And we will cross into this new chapter with boldness and faith, just like our Israelite friends did. 
this act of remembering and then that remembering calling us into action, calling us to move forward and however God, wherever God's calling us to go next, that's a really important part and rhythm of being a part of the family of God. It's so important that even then, in our scripture this morning, we see that God is commanding us to continue to do that. And the way he tells them to do that is to take 12 rocks from the riverbed, and when they cross through, to take 12 rocks and to carry them to the other side and to pile those rocks on the other side so that not only could they see them, but our scripture this morning says, and also your children and their children, and their children, and their children, on and on, and that every time you see these rocks, you will remember that God's been with you, that God will continue to go with you, that we have this promise from God that there will be steady ground. So God says to remember, and that in the remembering, that, that will call you and equip you and strengthen you into the new chapter that God's called you to. In those days following that conversation with Cease, I sought the Lord with desperation, trying to figure out what is it that God is doing here. I, I had fallen in love with these people on the PNC. I, I could feel myself getting so excited about this possibility. Does God know me? Does God really want me to do this? So I spent time in prayer. I sought wise counsel. In an earnest pursuit of God's call, I decided to set aside a very specific day of prayer and discernment. I was doing a prayer walk with a dear friend, and at the end of our walk, we came to this place that was holy for me. We were at Vickery Creek in Roswell, and we, we had come to this part in the creek where we actually, where Charlie was baptized. I'd met God there before, and I really, really wanted to meet God there again that day. My friend walked up the creek a little bit to do their prayer time, and, and I picked a, a large flat rock that was on the water's edge, and I sat down with my journal, and I, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to, surely, I'm going to figure all this out. And I look up, and there, in the middle of the creek, is a large rock with a bunch of rocks piled on top of it. The Gaelic word for that is cairn. And people build them, you'll see them all over the place. It's a way of, of marking something significant. Someone had marked that spot as significant. That spot where I was praying to discern what it is that God's calling me to do next. And as I looked at those rocks, all I could think about was this text from Joshua, this reminder about how God has been with you and that God is promising to go with you. And when I looked at those rocks, I remembered. And I remembered about how even in our short time together that God has already been showing up. I remember how God showed up through Clark inviting me into an impossible conversation. And I remembered about Cease inviting me to lean in. And I remembered about how David Ellington went to all of my interview meetings to make sure that I always had someone that I knew there. And I remembered how Mary Flynn listened so thoughtfully when we talked about the importance of liturgy in, her li in our lives, and, and she held it as beautiful. And I remember when Jane shared about her work and her volunteer work, and I realized that she's an advocate for the vulnerable voices in the world. And I remember when Ryan and I realized that we're both nines on the Enneagrams, and I felt so understood. <laughs> and I remember Walter. And Walter said the sentence to me, 
I really want to talk to you about that next time. And I knew he wanted, he was curious about what I had to say, but I also knew it meant there would be a next time. <laughs> and I remembered, and I remember how God had been at work, and I looked at those rocks, and I remembered that God has done this that God has brought us together, that we would cross into this next chapter, and that we would be confident as we do so that God is indeed with us. So as I sat there and looked at the rocks, through tears, I heard God saying over and over, I will be with you, I will be with you. And my tears of gratitude for you and for the journey that we've been on, for God just showing up in this way, all I could do is say back to God, I know. Thank you. Y'all, I am so excited. I am so excited about where we are and where we're going. I cannot overstate to you how honored and humbled I am for, to do this journey alongside of you, that I get to join in the legacy of Beth and Thomas Daniel and Steve Hayner and Drew Ditzel, this beautiful work that they've done, that I get to spend my days with Jan and Joe and Miriam and Marchant and Ryan. I can't believe you and I get to be family, that we'll get to remind each other that God has done this that God has been at work and will continue to be at work guiding us and walking with us every step of the way. And so this morning, it is with deep gratitude that all I can do is lift my hands in gratitude and say hallelujah. Friends, let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for this day. We are overwhelmed at the ways that you continue to show up for us. So continue to speak, dear God. Draw us close into your presence. But here are massive amounts of gratitude for the work that you've done and the work that you promise to continue to do. In your holy name we pray. Amen.